When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on the various social media platforms at FPL General. Game Week 14 is in the books, and it's a very quick turnaround for Game Week 15, with the deadline on Tuesday evening at 6pm UK time. We've got two matches on Tuesday night, six on Wednesday, and another two on Thursday in today's episode, a quick review of how the trips performed. We'll check if there's any new members to the 59th Minute Club. We do actually have a few, finally, it's been a few weeks. The watch list is updated, a few stats from the weekends, listener questions, and we'll finish with a look at captaincy and potential transfers for midweek. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers to preview gaming 16, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. Quick review of Game Week 14. I used the free transfer on the injured Eberechi Eze. He was replaced by Brian Mbumo. Mbumo was always going to come in in Game Week 14, and it was good to see him get an assist. Would it be nice to get more? But it's good to finally experience what it feels like to get Brian Mbumo points. I was concerned going into the Game Week about Mari Cash. I feared there was a benching on the way, which was the case. And I was also fearful, like many, of Ollie Watkins. But because I only had one free transfer, I didn't want to take a minus four for a Darwin or an Isak from Watkins. First of all, he was he would be expensive to buy back later. I had one eye on Game Week 18, Sheffield United, if I don't wildcard before then. And I just said, I'll keep Watkins. I'll hope for the best. I knew Jordan Bayer had a decent fixture this week anyway. So if Watkins missed out, I was hopeful of getting something from Bayer on the bench. Watkins played, got 11 points, and Bayer somehow matched him with 11 on the bench as well. So it all worked out fine. The cash benching obviously frustrating would have been nice if he didn't play at all but that was never going to happen the thought process i never really considered starting buyer over cash even with the fixture it's not in my style even with slight doubts over cash whether he's going to start or not i didn't want to risk 
bench in cash, then he starts against Bournemouth and does well. So obviously didn't work out points wise, but I'm glad I didn't take any hits going into the game week. Finished on 69 points, which was a very healthy green arrow from 157k to 103k. So we're almost at that goal of top 100k by Christmas. If it wasn't for the late Haaland yellow cards, I'd be inside the top 100k. So pretty dramatic finish to that game FPL-wise with Haaland getting the yellow when it could have on another day been an assist if the referee did not blow his whistle. The team at the moment, it's looking dodgy of course as always on the bench. I've got no subs at all as we approach the midweek fixtures because Bayer went away with his 11-pointer with a suspension. So he's not available for midweek. Gusto doesn't play at the moment and the Kamba is useless as well. So I've got Johnson in goal. He's blanked a lot recently as well. So I will be keeping an eye out for a possible new goalkeeper, which we'll talk about in the comments, in the questions. Cash blind, Gabriel with two, Shimakas with four. Thankfully got that assist late on. Mbuma with five. Kept the faith with Xiongman Son for a 10-pointer. Gordon's been a hero since I signed him four or five weeks ago. Another 10-pointer from the Newcastle man. Salah with five. Watkins 11. Captain Haaland for 14. And Julian Alvarez chipped in again with five. But watching that City game, it was frustrating. Hit the post. Created quite a few chances. Could have had a lot more points. But takes along nicely. And will probably survive a little bit longer, but will be sold, I think, at some point before blind game week 18. So that's how the squad is looking at the moment, and hopefully onwards and upwards into the top 100k during the midweek fixtures. The 59th minute club, after what feels like maybe five or six game weeks, we finally have two new members joining the club ahead of the 59th Minute Club Christmas party, which is happening soon, which will be organised by some of the members that are already there. Welcome from Luton Town, Ogbeni and Impanzu, two new members. Their teammate Carlton Morris was very, very lucky. He just about made it to 60 minutes in that triple substitution. At Aston Villa, notable mentions for Cash and Diaby, who only played 15 minutes. Doku at Manchester City limped off after 51 minutes, and he's a doubt for midweek. Anthony Martial, who's already in the 59th minute club this season, almost got his second shouted of the season. Himself and teammate Marcus Rashford, again, just about making it to the 60 minute mark. What a disastrous season it has been for Rashford. Raheem Sterling, Played just 65 minutes and it was Cole Palmer who came on for him. So both players get notable mentions this week. And Gabriel Jesus played 66 minutes for Arsenal. So as always, midweek, keep an eye on those clocks and be sure to tag me if you see someone getting the dreaded substitution. On to the watch list now. Players removed, first of all, ahead of game week 14. I say 14, should say game week 15. Thomas Sauchik and James Ward-Prowse have left the watch list because there's two West Ham midfielders that I like more who are on the watch list. Kudus has been there for a few weeks and now that he's fit again, Jared Bowen has been added to the watch list again following the weekend. So, Sojek's a good cheap option. We'll talk about him in the questions. Ward-Prowse, he's still a fine FPL pick if you want to play a long-term game and just leave him in there. But with the range of midfielders available, I don't think Ward-Prowse is ever going to be in the top five picks this season. Also removed Raheem Sterling. He's been on and off the watch list a few times this season. Didn't get 90 at the weekends. And obviously, if I'm going to buy a Chelsea attacker, it's going to be the much cheaper Cole Palmer. 
players added, I almost never keep goalkeepers on the watch list. But I've made an exception this week because with Nick Pope's injury, Martin Dubravka emerges as an option at 3.9 million. So it's interesting. We've got Kelleher at the moment, who's I think 3.9, or at least he was 3.9 last week. Jose Sawanoff injured for Wolves, so Daniel Bentley is also 3.9. So we've got a few very, very cheap goalkeeper options. Now, Kelleher and Bentley, probably not options, but Dubravka could be a long-term one because Pope's shoulder injury looked pretty serious. So we could get a Dubravka getting a long-term run in the Newcastle team. The fixtures in the next two game weeks from my goalkeeper, Johnston. I think he's got Bournemouth next, and then it gets very tricky right after that. So I'm not going to move, I don't think, straight to Dubravka. I'm going to be forced to move, make a defensive transfer instead because I've got, I'm looking pretty light. I've got cash against Manchester City, and I've got no bench defenders that I can actually use this week. But certainly Johnston to Dubravka or Turner to Dubravka is something that's on my mind maybe around game week 16 or game week 17 I'm sure a lot of people will just move straight to him this week if they don't have other issues to fight I've also added his teammate Livramento Lascelles and Trippier are already on the watch list but Livramento has been very impressive in recent game weeks I think he'll be first choice for the most part while Byrne is out. We could see Hall, could see Hall get the odd game at left back, but I think Livermento is a couple of levels above him in terms of quality and what he offers. And he certainly offers some attack and threat as well. I think he's 4.3. Lascelles went up to 4.2 last night. So that could well be my decision this week, which of those two to bring in. I don't have any Newcastle defenders. Trappier hurt me big time with his Hall at the weekend. So strategically... If I'm not going to get Trippier back in yet, I could get another Newcastle defender at least to offset the clean sheet points when Trippier does get one because he's highly owned and he does hurt when he gets those points. Also added Colwell from Chelsea. He was out for a couple of games. He was back this week and he was on the score sheet. We know Chelsea's fixtures improve very soon and a very cheap defender... Colwell, I think, will be one of the most popular transfers in over the next couple of weeks. Some rotation concerns, of course. Chelsea have a lot of defensive options. Badi Ashili is back in there now. I view Kenna Colwell and Badi Ashili as very similar players. Left-footed centre-backs can play left-back too. At least Colwell can. But Colwell, I think, will be first choice for the most part as well. Sinchenko, another defender added. I've got Gabriel. I would like to get Saliba, but Saliba is getting expensive now, and I think Sinchenko is about 0.4 less. Uh, Tommy Asu went off with some kind of injury, maybe just fatigue at the weekend. If there was to be an injury there, I would be much more confident in buying Zinchenko with less rotation risk. But looking back at his minutes, he is in the best Arsenal 11. He will play most games, I think. And very, very good when it comes to picking up bonus points in FPL. So if you can't afford Saliba, I think Zinchenko is a good place to go. Also added another Arsenal player. Odegaard was excellent at the weekend. I think it was six chances created. Three big chances. Just looked back to his best and should have had a lot more FPL points. Saka is the Arsenal midfielder I'm going to buy first. But for those maybe who can't afford Saka and want a piece of the Arsenal attack, Odegaard could be a good option for the December period as well. Haven't sold him recently. Two weeks ago, Jared Bowen is back on the watch list. And I've also added Huang Hee Chan from Wolves. Looking at the fixture ticker, Wolves have good fixtures over the next five, six, seven game weeks. One thing to be careful about with players like Huang in January, game week 21 to game week 24, I think it is, will be affected by the African Cup of Nations 
and the Asia Cup. So be careful about you know loading up on too many players from those competitions. Huang, Matoma, Adingra, there's quite a few of them. And then usual suspects like Salah, Son and Mbumo. You don't want to arrive in January with five or six players that are heading away in the wild cards to deal with it. So every transfer you bring in in the near future, ask yourself, am I going to be able to use these guys in January or will they be away? Few stats now from the Fantasy Football Scout members area from the weekend's action. Defenders, first of all, Kieran Trippier, six chances created. I need to get this by this guy back in my team soon. Probably around, I think around gaming 17. I think Newcastle have two away fixtures coming up off the top of my head. Everton and Tottenham, I think it is. After that, I'm certainly going to start making plans about how I fit Trippier back into my squad. Maybe could end up being a wildcard pick whenever that happens. Shimakis, good numbers, four chances created. Hopefully he starts midweek. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Fabian Scher both had four goal attempts, two of which were from inside the box. Midfielders, Odegaard, as mentioned, six chances created, three big chances created. Of those six, Salah had five chances created and Bukayo Saka had four. So the usual suspects up there for chance creation. Almiron and Luis Diaz, four shots in the box each. So again, there's a flag on Gordon. Probably nothing, I would imagine. But if it came to pass that he was going to be out for a while, maybe Almiron is another route into the Newcastle attack. And Luis Diaz, a differential for the Christmas period as well with Jota injured. Julian Alvarez, frustrating performance just to get the assist because he created seven chances in the game. Erling Haaland had five shots in the box. Solanke had four. And of those four Three of them were big chances for Solanke. So he is, again, another very good pick for this congested period. Darwin Nunes had two big chances and got two points, which is often the case. Still like him as a pick. Going back to last week, I kept Watkins. But if I had two free transfers, I'm pretty sure I would have sold Watkins for Darwin. So I can't say that was a fantastic you know, decision to keep Watkins. It was more because I had the Eze injury, I... Don't like taking hits. I think I've only taken one hit all season. So I was never going to do a Watkins to Darwin minus four. But if it was a free transfer, I probably would have done it. Before I get stuck into listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You'll get ITS podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and much more. Question time now. The first one's from FPL Sponge. How do you judge ambivalent injury news from managers when making transfer decisions? Sold Watkins last week as I had two free transfers and the rest of my team looked in good shape. There was an injury doubt and two tough fixtures afterwards. But I want to take some learnings from for future transfer decision making. So it's it's always it's case by case basis, and there's no kind of rule of thumb here for me. It's always just taking it, you know, case by case. You've got different managers involved who will give you different information. Some managers are good, some managers are not. But it's always. To me, it always comes down to the situation your current team is in. You know, a lot of people sold Watkins last week. Other people kept them. A lot of it was down to the scenario they were in. Like I mentioned, 
I didn't have a free transfer to sell him. So my style of play is avoid hits as much as possible. I had a buyer with a good fixture, so I thought, worst case scenario, Watkins misses out, Spire's got Sheffield United, at least there's a chance of a clean sheet there and a six-pointer. And then I've got Watkins afterwards. Uh, I just I viewed Watkins as a possible season keeper anyway. I think I paid eight million for him. Would have to pay eight point five to get him back. So my team value is not great. So that played into it as well. But yeah, you know another example is so again. You know I think people who sold Watkins for Darwin or Isak are probably left frustrated this week. But I think before the game week, on the information that we had, given he missed the Thursday night, there was doubts over the weekend. It was. It was a it was a viable play to sell, and like I said, if I had another free transfer, I was I probably would have done it. I was tempted by the minus four for Darwin Resack. In the end, I didn't do it, but you can't beat yourself up about that decision because on another game week, Watkins doesn't play, and Darwin finishes one or maybe two of his big chances, and you're sitting there pretty with a probably a big green arrow. So, don't judge it on the outcome. Uh, you know, go back to the thought process and on the information before the game week there was every chance Watkins might have missed out and then you throw in the difficult fixtures to come it was it was a viable play another example was two weeks ago we had the Jared Bowen situation some people sold, some people kept and again, my situation at the time was I didn't have a bench so I didn't want a scenario where Bowen didn't play and I got a Gusto or a Nakamba or a buyer I think who had a bad fixture that week coming in so that was an easier one for me to sell Bowen because yes he could have played and he could have done well but I didn't want a scenario where he didn't play or he got a or he got a one pointer and I and I certainly didn't want any of them players coming off the bench. So it's don't I wouldn't kind of do a postmortem too much on the Watkins transfer because like I said, the information on Friday and more so on Saturday, there was nothing coming through really about Watkins. We were hoping we were going to get some kind of team league, some kind of information, but it didn't really come through. Uh, if you sold him now, he's gone, and you've probably got an Isak or a Watkins, maybe some people got a Solanke, and it's just one game week with two difficult fixtures coming up for Watkins. The Darwin owners could still come out on top over the three-game week spell, so I think if you sold him, you probably do hold off on getting him back now, maybe, until game week until game week 18, because he does have those two tricky ones, but maybe that's just me being selfish, wanting all those points for myself, but... I'm not expecting much against the two best defences in the league. Question from Mikhail Baranski. Turner slash Ariola to Dubravka or roll the transfer? So Turner or Ariola to Dubravka or roll. There's not many clean sheets recently anyway. Two free transfers might be handy during the December period, but Tottenham are definitely scoring against West Ham, says Mikhail. So Ariola owners are frustrated. I'm frustrated now as well as a Johnston owner. He kind of quietly got about five blanks in the last six game weeks so I'm looking to move soon as well in that position I've got Turner on my bench if you've got the Turner Ariola combo which I think is probably the most popular goalkeeper combo in FPL this season which one do you sell to get Dubravka or do you roll the transfer so in that scenario looking at the Newcastle fixtures Everton away Tottenham away I don't like those two fixtures really and I wouldn't you know I don't think there's a huge chance of clean sheets in those maybe Everton but Tottenham, kind of fancy them to score against anyone but it's after that Fulham, Luton, Nottingham Forest is a very nice run of three fixtures for Newcastle and Dubravka so I don't think you need to move straight away maybe you want to get him at 3.9 he'll probably be 4, maybe even 4.1 by then but still extremely cheap for a goalkeeper and one of the best defences in the league so I, because it's so busy because there's a midweek round and then games at the weekend again 
I value rolling a transfer very highly at this point in the season. So I would reluctantly just play Ariola. I'm going to play Johnston this week. He's got a decent fixture, though, at least. Again, I'm not expecting too much because Bournemouth are scoring goals these days. And I'm going to hold off probably until that Fulham fixture in Game Week 17 is a possible entry point for Dubravka in while I deal with some other stuff elsewhere. Next couple of fixtures for Ariola. Uh, Tottenham, which is not good, and then Fulham, both away games as well. So, yeah, you could you could move sooner if you're an Ariola owner, um, maybe even this week. But like I said, my style of play, I'd be rolling the transfer. Goalkeepers, none of them are scoring much this season anyway. You could bring Dubravka in. He could get two points in the next two games. Probably, you know, could end up scoring similar points to Ariola over the next two. But it's when the fixtures improve again for Newcastle. That's probably when you want him, and then you've got him for the long term. And when it does come to selling them, do you sell your actual goalkeeper or do you sell Turner? Uh, it probably depends on if you need cash for other things, but I think I've seen a few people mention that Ariola Dubravka actually rotates quite well long-term, fixture-wise, so have a look at that. So it might make more sense to keep Ariola, at least you won't have to start him every week, and then get rid of Turner, who is no good to us anymore. Johnston, I've noted down here, is horrible fixtures from game week 16 onwards. So I will be looking to move at that point, 16 or 17, possibly to Dubravka. Question from James Bailey. I have Trippier and Lascelles. Is it still worth buying Dubravka? Or should I save the third Newcastle spot for an attacker? Save it for an attacker. I was in a similar scenario last season, maybe the season before. I ended up in triple Newcastle defence, I think on two occasions. And then when Almiron went on a hot streak, I couldn't get him. When Callum Wilson started scoring goals towards the end of the season, I couldn't get there either. So keep, because you've already got double Newcastle defence, that's plenty. You don't need triple. Um, so Trippier and Lascelles are two good picks leave the door open for Isak for Wilson, for Gordon for Almiron, don't triple up on the defence would be my advice question from Shane FPL, with Manchester City Rodriles, Villa's great home form and Diaby and Cash having had a rest, are they worth keeping for the next game week? I don't think so, I don't think Cash in particular, is worth keeping. He is a rotation risk now. I do think he'll still start most games for Villa, but the clean sheets haven't been there. The attacking returns haven't been there since the start of the season. And it's Man City and Arsenal next. So I think either bench cash this week or you take the opportunity to get someone else in with better fixtures. Pretty sure he's on four yellow cards as well. I need to double-check that. Do double-check that if you are not sure either. Diaby on the bench came on, got the assist. I would fancy Diaby to come back into the team for the next game but again rotation risk now Villa have a lot of good options in attack and a couple of different systems that they can use so with the fixtures with the evidence of rotation recently with the Abbey even when he does start it's often 60 or 70 minutes he's been very close to join the 59th minute club on two or three occasions already so I think the Abbey and Cash are sales now question from FPL Grass FC who is the best Matty Cash replacement not Trippier or Trent. So I presume FPL Grass FC here doesn't have enough cash for a Trippier or Trent, or who knows, might even own both players already, which is unlikely. don't think I've seen any FPL team this season with the two most expensive defenders in the game. Probably doing all right last couple of weeks, though, with those guys getting the point. So where do you go if you're selling money cash? I think it's the usual places. You go to Arsenal, you go to Saliba, 
Zinchenko possibly or Gabriel. You go to Pedro Porro at Tottenham, one of the best attacking fullbacks in the league, taking lots of set pieces, corners, etc. Newcastle defenders are good. If you can't afford Trippier, you go Fabian Scher, Lascelles, or I like Leveramento a lot more now as well. But you know, Lascelles and Fabian Scher are probably the safer picks there for minutes. And Colwell, Chelsea's fixtures improve very soon. And I am quite confident that he will be a regular starter like he was in the early part of the season. But certainly first place I would go is probably Arsenal, especially if you don't have one already. Might not be worth doubling up now because their fixtures are getting a little bit trickier. But I still think it makes sense to have at least one Arsenal defender. Pedro Porro is probably the most exciting one. Um, I'll talk about it in the transfer section, but I've got a decision to make. Do I sell Matty Cash for someone like a Porro or a Saliba? Or do I sell maybe a 4 million defender like Gusto or Bayer and get maybe a Lascelles or a Livermento? So it's quite a tricky decision to make on that one. So we'll talk about that more later. Question from FPL Brooklyn. What is a better underrated defence to invest in, Chelsea or Manchester United? It's got to be Chelsea. From game week 15 to 21, Chelsea are top of the fantasy football scout fixture ticker. Over the course of the season so far as well, Chelsea ranks 6th in the league for expected goals conceded, so that's pretty decent. Whereas Manchester United rank 14th, way, way down the list. So Sanchez, the goalkeeper, and Colwell are my favourite picks there. I'm not going to mention Rhys James because I'm not going there. Been there too many times and... It's just his injury record. If there's one month in the year where you don't want to own Rhys James, it's December because there's too many games and his body probably won't be able, able to cope. Hopefully it is. Hopefully he's over his injuries, but it's probably unlikely. Question from FPL Blackbeard. Disappointing Doku, hold or sell? As a Man City fan, I'm very happy with him, but as an FPL asset, is he one who passes the eye test but assists the assister? Yeah, I think... Blackbeard sums up this quite well. Doku has taken to the Premier League, I think, better than anyone expected. Such a good player, big, big talent, and already looking very you know, much settled in that Manchester City team. Always going to be competition with Jack Grealish, which straight away I don't like. He did go off with a, some kind of niggle at the weekend as well. So if you do own him, I think you do probably sell him now. And as for assisting the assister, he does have that kind of feel about him. He had that mega haul. He got five attacking returns against Bournemouth. Um, I hope Adam from Above Average is not listening because I'm sure those scars have not healed yet. But if you take that away, if you take away the Bournemouth game for Doku, he's only got one goal, one assist in other games. So he's playing well, passing the eye test, but FPL returns are probably not there consistently as we would like. So I think he probably is a sell, given there's a lot of good options elsewhere. Uh, another question from FPL Brooklyn. Who's the best midfielder under 5 million? And the options listed here are Garnacho, Soucek, Lokelso, Locelso, I should say, and Elanga. So I think all four are decent. I'm going to try and rank them. I'm going to put Locelso at the bottom, I think, because longer term might lose his place when some of the other guys are fit again. Soucek's having a very good season. I'm going to put him near the top of this list. I don't think I can put Garnacho top, even though he's been getting a lot of minutes recently. He is always a bit of a rotation risk as well. Ilanga's been looking very, very good for Forrest, passing the eye test, and he's been putting up some good underlying numbers as well. So I think Ilanga is near the top of this list also. So I'm probably going to say Soucek number one, Ilanga number two, 
Garnacho 3, Los Celso 4. But I think my answer to this question is you probably avoid all of them and you spend a little bit more and you get up to someone maybe in the 5.5 to 6 million bracket because I think there's better options there. Palmer, for example, Anthony Gordon if he's fit. Just two more questions to go. The first one is from FPL Set and Regret. I like that name. Top five midfielders from now until wildcard game week 19. So FPL Set and Regret has wildcard in the pocket like I do. What is the ideal midfield five until then? So having a look at the fixtures and just thinking off the top of my head, who are the best midfielders in the game? I think a midfield five of Salah, Jungman Son, Saka, Anthony Gordon and Jared Bowen. I wasn't sure who to put in for the fifth one, but now that he's fit again, good fixtures, I think Jared Bowen is right up there as one of the best picks in midfield again. So Salah, Son, Saka, Gordon and Bowen. If I had that midfield five, I would be pretty happy for the next three or four game weeks. Final question from All Killer No Filler. Looking for an upgrade on Archer that will mostly be a bench option and a maximum of 6.5 million. How would you rank Solanke, Cunha, Joe Pedro, Eduard and Rodriguez with the upcoming fixtures in mind? That's definitely the first time I've had a question this season about Jay Rodriguez. But Burnley turning the corner and Rodriguez is getting decent minutes. Definitely number one is Solanke. Playing very well. Bournemouth have turned the corner as well. Good fixtures, penalties, 90-minute man. So Solanke, definitely number one here. So that kind of answers the question. If you're looking for an Archer upgrade, 6.5 million to spend. And if you want him to be a starter some weeks and on the bench some weeks, that is Solanke. Elsewhere, Edward's having a very good season, but Palace fixtures turn pretty nasty very soon. I still think Edward would go in second for me behind Solanke, despite the fixtures, because I don't really like Cunha that much from what I've seen. You know, he's, I know he scored a great goal against Arsenal, but he does waste a lot of chances. Joe Pedro's always a rotation risk, and Rodriguez, good to see Burnley, you know, winning against Sheffield United, but still, you don't really want a Burnley striker in your FPL team. So Solanke won, Edward two, Joe Pedro probably does get thirds. Cunha fourth, Rodriguez fifth. Thank you for the questions, folks. On to captaincy now for midweek. The usual suspects are the options. Salah is away to Sheffield United. I don't think I'm going to overthink this one. Sheffield United have been the worst team in the league this season. They concede lots and lots of goals. Looks like they might sack the manager today. So I think Salah will get the armband for me. It's mostly been Haaland captain for me this season. Manchester City are away to Aston Villa. So I'm going to play the fixtures like I said I would a few weeks ago. When there's an opportunity, when there's a game week where a player has a much better fixture than Haaland, I'm going to go against them. So I will be on Captain Salah against Sheffield United this week. Haaland's a perfectly fine captaincy option. Sons at home to West Ham, I like that as well. Sack is away to Luton, another good captaincy candidate. And Mbumo is always in the conversation. He is away to Brighton. So that's probably your top five for the armband. But again, it's probably between Salah, Haaland, Son and Saka, probably the top four there, I would say. So very much thinking about Salah captaincy midweek. One thing to keep an eye on with Haaland is he was extremely annoyed at the end of that Manchester City game. He picked up his yellow card and that didn't stop. He kept going and going and going. He was going nuts when he was going down the tunnel. There was swear words. It was all kinds of stuff. Lucky not to be sent off at the end of that game and more worryingly for FPL is 
he tweeted, I think he tweeted after the game, WTF, with a video of the incident. So I'm sure that is not going to go down well. And there'll be some kind of charge that will probably follow. So we need to monitor that one. So there could be a there could be a you know one game ban, two game ban, who knows on the way for Haaland. Obviously not an issue until it is an issue. So don't sell them yet. But that could make things interesting if there is a hefty charge, because certainly putting it out on social media was not the cleverest idea. The bus team for game week 15 is looking like Johnston, Matty Cash, Gabriel and Shimakas. So hopefully Shimakas starts. Matty Cash, I don't want to play because he plays Man City and I don't have any bench options. So Cash could be sold or he could be benched. Salah, Son, Gordon and Mbumo. That's absolutely fine if Gordon is not injured. And then up front, Haaland, Alvarez and Ollie Watkins. So Alvarez... Obviously, always a slight rotation concern at this busy period, but Doku has the niggle. Grealish is suspended, so I think Alvarez should start midweek due to those issues. Transfer thoughts for midweek. So it's either sell cash and get Poro, Saliba or Zinchenko. I think Pedro Poro is probably winning that race if I sell Matty Cash. The other option is, because I don't have a bench, I could just bench cash and even if it's a one-pointer or a two-pointer, it will. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. It would be useful to have that coming on if someone misses out rather than getting a zero pointer because I've got nothing I can use on the bench at the moment. So I think back to last season or the season before, I missed out on top 10K by one point. So having a one pointer or a two pointer coming in off your bench instead of a zero might not feel like a lot, but come the end of the season, it can be the difference in winning and losing a mini league. And, and it can be... You know, the difference in different rank brackets as well. So that's on my mind. Um, so the other option is sell Gusto for Lascelles, Leveramento. I can, I can actually afford Colwell as well if I sell Gusto. So maybe a longer term Chelsea defensive pick. But like I said earlier, because I don't have Trippier and because he hurts when you don't have him when he does well, I think it makes sense to get a Newcastle defender. They're a good defence anyway. So Lascelles or Leveramento might be the call I make. Cash would then just go on the bench and probably just stay there for a couple of weeks. He's got a good fixture in game week 18 if he starts against Sheffield United. So he could actually be quite useful that week. Um, the other options, you know, Gordon's flag, that could get Palmer if he's injured, but I would expect that will be fine. And that would still leave me with cash. So I'd probably just make a defensive transfer anyway. Wild cards available, but again, I don't think it will be used for midweek. So it's looking like Gusto to a cheap Newcastle defender. And stick Matty Cash on the bench. And if he's needed, hopefully he gets a couple of points off the bench. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Best of luck for the midweek game week. And I'll talk to you again on Friday to preview game week 16. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Talk to you soon.
Social Podcast Network.